0: Welcome to episode 24 of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Uh, Today we're going to talk about the shocking table climbing by one of our podcast hosts. We're going to recap some matches that have happened uh, and make some predictions because we are entering the very end of the Premier League, the last true run of matches. And I have some good questions. For my co-host, Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you?
1: Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Um, I watched, I managed to watch some more football this weekend, despite the fact I'm still taking certification tests. And I'm uh, glad that this episode gives me some distraction from the one I have to take tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes, how are you?
0: I'm good. I actually had kind of an opposite weekend of you i did not really watch much football this uh weekend because saturday i was watching a uh the more spectacular of the the footballs i was watching american football it was the nfl draft which is one of the most the coolest sporting events that happens
1: so i was uh all i picked up on was a a man well, well they're kids basically it's like 20 or something who was meant to be a first-round pick but fell to like the 200-and-something pick. And everyone was going crazy about it. And then he tweeted something like, I will never forget. And then people were like, these teams are messing up, not picking him because he's going to be super angry and he's really good. And then I saw that maybe it's because he has like blood clots or something. Can oh, you know, yeah. What was going on? Who he fell, a,
0: he fell to number 52, so not oh. not the 200. Uh, yeah, but he had undiagnosed blood clots that, uh, like, all players who get drafted get a medical, um, so it popped up on the medical. And he fell. Unfortunately, he's a very good player, and he fell to one of my team's rivals.
1: So, Oh, who's your team?
0: That, I support the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Oh, doesn't everyone hate them?
0: Everyone hates every team.
1: Trey Smith, that's his name. Trey Smith... Um yeah
0: are you sure you're talking about this year
1: yeah Trey Smith he I I, he was no I was right he's selected 226th overall by the Kansas City Chiefs he had he's been fit and completely fine since 2018 but he he had blood clots in his lungs prior to that a couple of times and he was meant to be a first round pick but he fell to sixth round and he tweeted it was a whole thing yeah so that's
0: the same that's funny. That's the exact same story as Jeremiah owusu karamoa who Ooh. he he went fifty-two overall because uh, he's a much better prospect than Trey Smith was, but um, he had the same thing where like he got they found he had blood clots and uh, he yeah. slipped. It happens every year. Um, there are some very notable slips in the draft. For example, a few years ago, uh, a video leaked of one of the top players. Using a gas mask bong oh, no. um, and that he was like gonna go like first or second overall, and he slipped to sixteen
1: um, but was he still wow, that's weird he's a monster he's yeah. so good
0: um, shocker and now yeah, now there's no punishment for using marijuana in the NFL so oh interesting uh, mm. he lost millions of dollars over nothing so anyways, yeah uh, talking about losing, yes. let's get on to some me again some prediction recaps i know uh you might you might see in our script I know, I see that uh terrifying with la- episode 23 finished with blake getting 6 and oscar getting 4 if you remember oscar had a plus 1 and that differential means i've reclaimed my lead at the top of our table
1: congratulations uh, uh most yeah.
0: impressively Accurately predicting 2-1 West Ham over Burnley.
1: Very good, yeah. Very nice. It's
0: what you get for not having faith in your own team.
1: It's, uh, it's a superstition at this point, and I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to stop doing it. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll have to try and pick up my points elsewhere. Um, you know, I think I could sit back. I, I mean, I had a great lead. Sure, I've lost it. I think I can sit back and say, if I was being really mean, I could say, like, you're, you're just cheating using, using your little friend over there. But you know, I mean, in reality, you're doing uh, you're doing good work. Maybe, maybe I can swing it back. This is sort of like you know, it's pretty exciting because we're getting toward the end. So I, I wonder, maybe maybe it will go back and forth. In a sort I of hope so. Who will win? Scrap.
0: If either of us gets a plus seven lead again, I think we're gonna have to scrap the recaps.
1: Oh, oh yeah, it's, true. it's
0: it's against the you know the spirit of competition. Right, right,
1: yeah, it's not exciting enough. All right, all right,
0: Oscar. Yeah. You ready to talk about some football?
1: I always am. Let's do it. Where do you want to start?
0: Um, I will start briefly with uh Southampton Leicester City, which ended in a 1 1 draw, mainly because I wanted to talk about um I never I need to start writing down who's broadcasting these. Um because whoever was the commentators moaned and moaned about how it was an unfair red and it'll be controversial um, for uh, Yannick Vestergaard's challenge on Jamie Vardy.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, I think undeniably 100% a red card every single time. Uh, He, sure, he touches the ball or whatever, but he also absolutely crunches Jamie Vardy's ankle. Mm -hmm. um, Which, you know, those red card rules are implemented to protect players and it was a rash challenge um and i'm sure part of the controversy is because it was in the 10th minute but like that's sure. one of those challenges where no matter when it is that's a red card um hmm. i yeah. it was very frustrating to watch the match and them just going on and on about how hard done by southampton will feel um but
1: i think they were trying to put the narrative up right because i mean southampton again going down to 10 men kind of thing uh against against a team that yeah i mean watching it back right now, I don't know what Vestergaard is doing, taking a touch like that. So, I mean, he's really created his own problem there. I think more than anything, it's, it's the fact that it's just last man and he's just lunged in. I, I I don't know if I call it dangerous, to be honest. Um, Doesn't
0: Jamie's Vardy, Jamie, little Jamie Vardy's ankle turn over. Like it's with enough force that it pushes his foot onto his side, which is how most breaks happen.
1: Um, yeah, I see what you mean. I I don't think it's intentional though. He's just lunged in. I mean, he's not, still he's not like, looking
0: I think it's dangerous though.
1: No, because because the thing is the thing is, no, I disagree. I think I think the the way it happens it it does make it dangerous. But I don't think that that's obviously it's a red card, but I don't think Vestergaard is being I actually don't think he's being reckless. Because it's not it's not one of those things you see with like a studs up like sliding challenge. He's just lunging for the ball. And it just so happens that Jamie Vardy's ankle sort of buckles a bit. So, I mean, you know, it's a hundred percent a red card because it's, you know, it's a denial of a clear clear goal scoring opportunity. And I I don't really understand people who are, who are saying it isn't because that's kind of silly, but it's not, I wouldn't say that he's been, I, I just don't think he's being reckless. He's just, yeah. He's just he he's going for the ball but you know it so happens that he's crunched him
0: yeah i i also think people use the whole um, going for the ball excuse not not chastising you for using it right now but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, like in general whenever a defender gets any touch on the ball and then yeah. there's a red card people will say oh but he got the ball i'm like well that yeah. It, it yeah. doesn't always excuse the truth. No, it doesn't,
1: it doesn't. It's this is no Balbuena um incident here. And I on a podcast uh, someone was like sort of trying to compare the two and I was like no, I think it's not the same thing whatsoever. But anyway, yeah, we don't need to dwell more on that. Yeah, so red card for for Vestagard. Um Um
0: yeah. yeah, and then the rest of the match was uh Nacho giveth, Ian Nacho taketh, taketh. Um yeah. gives away a pen. And then his uh, nice dribbling and great passing mm. leads to the equalizer. Um, I thought Leicester were, in the end, poor not to win. Um, I thought they were yeah. really laying it on eventually.
1: Well, I guess uh, we have to give some credit to Southampton, right? Who, I mean, there's big questions over their mentality. They buckled last time. Hasenhusel must have been beside himself when they went down so early. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean... I think in our next state of the pod or state of the prem, we're going to have to do some sort of in-depth look at Southampton and try to figure out what exactly yeah. their problem is.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Welcome back. This is Blake from the Peak to Early podcast. Once again, our recording software shit the bed, uh, talking between Southampton, Leicester City, and Manchester City. Crystal Palace. Um, it basically cut off the end of us talking about Southampton. Um, and so if there's a weird bounce here, uh, it's because we just totally dropped some audio right in the middle. So hang in there tight. Sorry about that. Uh, thanks for being understanding.
1: So yeah, I have to mention that this was cities, really the city's B team that uh, Guardiola rolled out, of which Aguero and Jesus are part of, and we saw a typically um, sort of vintage Sergio Aguero goal, one touch, um, half volley, smashed it into the roof of the net. It's a shame that we haven't seen more of that in his last season. His starts and minutes have been few and far between because of injury, and also obviously because City, in their dominant form, don't play a system with strikers anymore, somewhat ridiculously. Um, and then typical in typical City fashion, Ferran Torres, uh, basically immediately doubles it like two minutes later. Um, latching onto a poor clearance from Palace and slotting it home. Um not much more to say on this one to be honest. Uh I like Ferran Torres, uh he you know is he was I think very he looked very very pleased sort of quite emotional to score his first Premier League goal apparently. He's found it hard to uh, adapt to life in the UK away from his family um during this pandemic and obviously when he's not playing a ton, despite the fact that he's actually been pretty good when he does play, um, that must leave players feeling pretty low. So yeah, he got a goal and at only 20 or 21 or something, he's got a probably got a, a good future ahead of him, especially if Pep Guardiola doesn't want to play strikers anymore. So, but yeah, I have nothing more to say on this one.
0: Neither do I. Cool. Um, we can move on to Brighton Leeds, uh, mm-hmm. which is... You know, the XG factory actually turning into uh, converted goals. Yeah. Um, started out, with, Alioski with a really bad challenge on Welbeck. Uh, basically, <laughs> holding onto his leg like when you were a little kid and you didn't want your dad to go to work. Uh, cling onto the leg, drag <laughs> him down to the ground. Uh, it's Danny Welbeck. He's not that good. You don't have to do that to him but eventually welbeck does score a great goal to double the lead um, so yeah. i had to spit that out before oh, you goal. could jump in and slate me for shit talking danny
1: welbeck it was a great goal i had, i actually um i mean so he uh, it's impossible to describe basically you're just going to have to go watch it if you haven't seen it but i heard someone on a podcast saying that like that skill is sort of like unfathomable and stuff which it was very good skill, but it's definitely not unfathomable. I quite enjoy doing that. Not that I can do it like Danny Welbeck or anything like that, but it's not, it's not that great. It wasn't that like unique. Um, it was just an, an example. I mean, I guess you could sort of cliche, say you roll back the years and example of some of the, the flair he used to show. And it was a really nice finish actually on his left. Um, sort of across to across the keeper i thought despite the fact that uh, brighton actually sort of defied this weird xg stuff they have they still missed a ton of chances leandro trossard was really good in this match but he he missed two clear like goal scoring opportunities and sort of same old same old for for brighton but but a good result nevertheless and i think bielsa was extremely uh pissed off at his side uh and i think that even though they might not be doing it consciously leeds are basically sort of not really playing for anything. And, and it, it showed it showed on, on that day, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, do you know, uh, you've seen Meet the Robinsons, the animated mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Goob, the little orphan boy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't you think Leander Trossard looks like... Yes, him? he does, yeah. Leander yeah, Trossard... Just- Sleepy boys.
1: He kind of, yeah, he kind of concerns me because he has such dark circles under his eyes. And, you know, I'm just like wondering if he's okay, basically. Um, I've just assumed he's,
0: it's a medical thing.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I hope so. Because it it would be concerning if if it isn't, because that's a man who's like getting no sleep. Anyway.
0: Um, okay, from one 2-0 scoreline to another 2-0 scoreline to yeah. a third 2-0 scoreline. Can uh, I just
1: uh, say something before you start? Yes. I reckon you're going to uh, be critical of Kai Havertz. And I just want to say that um, sort of just like Ferran Torres, I think we need to... I was realizing this over the weekend. We need to really preface a lot of this stuff, including with Timo Werner, uh, a lot of the criticism with with the fact that these are like young people that have moved countries in like a pandemic. Right. And so it's like, it, it makes sense that they're not that great. And that's all I want to say, but proceed.
0: Uh, I'll continue that though, with the these guys are on like 180,000.
1: Yeah. But, the, but that's, that's a week. yeah, yeah but that doesn't I know, mean but I'm, right? it's, it's like, you know, yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't, it's, that's irrelevant. I think personally to the, to the conversation. Yeah, sure. They're on a ton of money, but that doesn't really mean anything about them being able to adapt. Frankly, just makes yeah, it nice sure. and comfortable. Um,
0: I'll never, I'll never not slate, you know, players for Big Six clubs who are playing horribly. <laughs> um, sure. uh, but I thought the real star of the show was Mason Mount. Um, as always, yeah, there's been yeah a real talk, like even more so than there has been, about like what a transformative player Mason mm. Mount can be, not just for Chelsea but for you know the england team yeah yeah um yeah mason mount might be a good player who knows um there's not a ton to say uh fulham they, they've got to be down now it's
1: oh yeah yeah no i think i think the relegation battle the relegation battle in the in the prem is over it's over
0: yeah that won't stop some really bad teams uh from attempting to join them though uh which I'll get to talking about in a little bit. Yeah. Uh then uh Villa had what turned to be quite a good game um against Everton, oh. you know. I predicted it'd be a 1-1 boring draw, but uh yeah, it started with Mason Holgate uh who knows what he's trying to do. Um and he's had quite a good season i think um and this is cool. just one of those things where you know he's a young player adapting um to a new system and a new club and yeah these are the things that the, the growing pains that come with uh you know having a youngster who needs to play in your side week yeah. in week out you're going to get these things um basically gifting Ollie Watkins a goal yeah uh and then like very quickly Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, heading in an equalizer, uh, in which the defending was horrendous. I don't know what Ross Barkley's doing.
1: Yeah, he's um, had a poor second half to the season, hasn't he, since his injury comeback?
0: Yeah, he's like staring yeah. at first Dominic Calvert-Lewin make a run, and then he looks down at the ground, and then doesn't react. So who knows what he was doing there? It's um, it's
1: um, it's strange because. But, so so well and now it's wound up that dean smith has already said there's no way he's coming back to us um and the the villa fans are slating him there's a strange uh, strange downfall for him in his, his villa career because i thought at the beginning of the season i think everyone was thinking okay this is like ross barkley's next sort of step where he'll go to like a well-resourced club that is trying to climb up the table kind of thing sorry that was a segue Keep going.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of Ross Barkley. Never really yeah. liked him.
1: Um, sure, yeah, I mean,
0: and you and I were texting during this match. Um, Jordan Pickford played mm-hmm. really, really, really yeah. well. Um, really. The, the two goals conceded, uh, the first one, 100% not on him. You're not going to stop Dominic Calvert Lewin from two yards out with a header. Yeah. And then the game winner from Anwar Al Ghazi. Um, uh, you're there's no goalkeeper that's stopping that, it's unless you had started moving before the shots taken.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. what a season that guy's having, by the way. Eight goals ten in the all,
0: uh, eight, yeah, eight in the Prem, 10 in all competitions, I think.
1: Yeah, um, pretty amazing.
0: Great season, pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, um, um,
0: I love Anwar Al yeah, yeah,
1: um. Yeah, I don't have much uh, more to add other than um, Pickford. Yeah, Pickford coming into form is probably good for England. Um, and I, ever since he's been growing his hair out, he's been better. So,
0: yeah, getting dropped and growing his hair out is you there. Know. You go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about another goalkeeper who has dropped. Um, Arsenal, Newcastle. Uh, Arsenal yeah. dropped. Was Grand he dropped from or was the he rested? Who knows? You no.
1: Know? Um,
0: Well, it was... So, Arsenal definitely rolled out, um, you know, their second team. Uh, It was a very weak lineup. Right. um, Weak for Arsenal, though. So, they still easily dispatched of Newcastle. Um,
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, Newcastle, you know, playing at home to a bottom half side. uh, And they set up so defensively and, Mm -hmm. you know, nine men behind the ball at all times. It, why? Why do you set up that way? We're the only side in the yeah. Premier League who will go up against any club, no matter how terrible, and set up super defensively. Um, it's just Steve Bruce being an absolute dinosaur weirdo. Yeah. He, uh, you know, as always, made a lot of people angry post match, um, waxing poetic about how classy Arsenal were and how amazing how great of a club they are i'm like this is a club that finished eighth last year and 11th this year and they fucking suck and they're a mid-table side uh and we're the only side in the premier league that's scared of them um and you know this match started exactly as predicted arsenal going ahead almost immediately um newcastle offering nothing i think we had you know one shot on target which in our last four matches against arsenal we have three total shots on target Mm -hmm. um which is just horrendous yeah um and uh the other talking point about this match is you know mike dean being mike dean um it was a pretty bog standard episode or a bog standard match so uh, Mike Dean had to come up with some excitement somewhere. Uh, first, after Granite Xhaka got an early yellow card, um, he then replicated almost the exact same challenge two more times, uh, and Mike Dean decided not to give a second yellow for any of them, uh, which th- there's a reason second yellows exist. Uh, and it's like, if anyone deserves a second yellow, it's Granite Jaka. Um, and then Fabian and Cher got a straight red card um it's I, it'll be rescinded, um so I don't really care too much, okay. but um you know it's one of those things where v a r can't overrule it, so whatever, it was an awful match um the most interesting thing to come of it was uh one guy cutting away from the match uh. You know, because the uh, what we'll talk about next was happening at the same time. Uh, so they literally just stopped the broadcast to do some oh, coverage well, of Old sense. Trafford. Um, and then they came back and they said sorry to any Arsenal fans who wanted to watch the match, uh, which was, wow. you know, great and hilarious. Um, that's kind of how it always happens. Yeah. Uh, and there were their own protests outside St. James's Park. Um where uh, I I saw the protesters and I was like, "What are they? Are they protesting like Arsenal owners and ESL?" Yeah. But uh, no, Steve Bruce. If he couldn't be any more of a wanker, he uh, evicted a single mom whose kid was in the hospital. So outside of being an awful, horrendous manager, he's also a scum lord. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the shit keeps going for Newcastle. Shit gets worse and worse. Um, well, at
1: least you survive.
0: Yes, we are going to survive, but we're going to make it difficult because that's Newcastle. Um, I, uh, I I just think... want to say I
1: enjoyed um I enjoyed that Obamian goal. I, I liked I liked that goal. That was a I think that deserves a shout out.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it was a fine goal. Uh, weak defending, just you know, so. So lazy. Arsenal didn't seem that bothered. They rotated their side and none of their players cared and they still thrashed Newcastle. So
1: yeah.
0: You know. Shame. Um shame. yeah, before we move on really quickly, um the relegation picture is over a hundred percent. But yeah, uh going our next four matches, Leicester, which we haven't beaten in like seven. I think it was the 2016 season was the last time we beat Leicester. Um, yeah. The year they won the Premier League is the last time Newcastle won. Then we go to Man City. I uh, haven't beaten them since 2018. We go to Sheffield United. We lost to them this season, uh, giving them their first win. And then on the final day, we go to Fulham. Uh, you know, just to make stuff fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's got to be some relegation battle in here. I don't <laughs> think we'll get relegated, but I think it'll turn... Like at the end of the Newcastle finish seventeenth on uh right. you know three points above Fulham. Um let's talk yeah. about more protesters.
1: Yeah. Uh, um yeah, no, so go ahead. Manu Liverpool, obviously that was the the match that was meant to be played on the what's what's it called? The 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 big name match, the the match of the weekend, the match of the match day. Um Manu Liverpool uh, obviously was postponed um, due to protesters outside of Old Trafford. There were thousands of them, um, obviously protesting against the Glazers uh, after their decision to be at the forefront of the ESL coup a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess I mean I'm sure you have thoughts on this. I think I think I. Uh, to be fair to Manchester United fans, they've been pretty consistently uh, protesting the Glazers since they took over f- in '05. I remember in '08 there were a bunch of protests, definitely in a, a 2011. That was back when they were winning things as well. So, um, yeah, definitely not liked the Glazers uh, on, in the red half of Manchester. Um, but I guess it saved us from watching a, a dull nil-nil draw. And yeah, that's quite,
0: the like, first note I had. <laughs> But that really? it saved us from having to watch a Liverpool-Manchester.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess uh, it's, it's good for West Ham also because it, it means that Liverpool have to sort of pack in their fixtures and um, might mean that they don't creep up um, because they have a very, very easy run-in toward the end of the campaign. But yeah, what did you think of this?
0: Um, I thought... I, so first, um, I, as you know, an American football fan, um, my American fans who also watch football, uh, were sort of reacting to the way um, the, like the, the the big the big media outlets who are reacting that this like senseless, idiotic act of violence or whatever, um, when there are stuff that happens in American sports um, that is much worse than this that don't even get called protests, um, yeah. which. So, you know, like considering, you know, hundred and fifty fans inside a stadium, um that's not really uh, you know, the worst offense. Um yeah. I think if you're gonna get the only way you'll get any like you're like we know uh uh what do you the like signing stuff that doesn't help anything. Um right. the only thing that's gonna help your cause is uh, you know getting matches cancelled
1: and yeah exactly that I mean that's what the the organizers or sort of the, the faux organizers said that was the um, intention all along and they and they achieved that which is good because it means that the Glazers you know if if the match had gone on the Glazers would have just sort of been like uh, there were some protesters but the match went on so it's fine it's the fact that they didn't make money off of something that will uh, grab their attention not that I think that the Glazers will particularly care anyway um yeah i I think it was i mean scenes like this are always sort of like vaguely uncomfortable during a pandemic, but you know it's sort of is what it is um I was watching the footage, and the people that broke into the stadium in my mind i i think it was you know a lot of them were just there for the fun, um which is the sort of the it
0: looked like fun yeah it yeah like yeah
1: i think i think the the interesting thing is right is the you know the people that were smashing up equipment and stuff like that um the, those those people don't give a shit about um the ESL or anything I think it I think the focus um and I, I was sort of like listening to interviews with some of the organizers on the ground who were saying like look the intention here is to they wanted to get into the stadium but they they wanted to sort of hold up their signs and, and make a bit of a ruckus but didn't really want to do much more than that I think um there was clearly people along for the ride that were just doing it because they thought it was funny, um, and yeah, I guess the I mean, protest like this is it's not it's not funny, right? Because they're protesting against something, they're trying to push through some sort of change that's really important, and um, I'm sure they wouldn't have wanted, they, you know, they want that to be the focus, and and the the shenanigans on the side sort of that, that fuels people like Graham Suness, who I think on Sky was sort of being ridiculous and saying, like, yeah, you know,
0: shocker, he's being a wanker.
1: I mean, he's. I heard someone o- o- over the you know the past couple of days I can't remember on one of the podcasts I listened to saying that Sky should never like employ Suness again after those comments and I was like I-, I absolutely agree but I'm also like you know Graham Suness is the worst like he shouldn't be employed by Sky anyway they should have been him off long long ago this is hardly like even the worst thing he said the guy is terrible um, but yeah apparently once again Carragher and Neville spoke well on it. Um, Again, you know, I think we we got into this in the pod. Vaguely ironic maybe. Uh but I don't know. I think yeah, it, it achieved what it wanted to achieve. And um I, I'm not sure much change will directly come from it, but um it's it, it'll be interesting to see if it happens again. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh just a quick question, you know, before mm-hmm. we move on. There's only so much we can talk about a match that never actually happened. Um you know, West Ham have protested in the past. Um, had, like, what, one, one person on the field and the rest crowding the uh, director's box. Um, yeah. But the reaction to the quote, protests were different. Um, West Ham fans have been categorized as, you know, insane, violent, um, yeah. classless. Uh, mm-hmm. But relatively Manchester United supporters are being, you know, praised for standing up for their club. Uh, do you have any, you know, opinions one way or the other on how this relates to the West Ham protest?
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting. You say that I think so. Yeah. I mean, the West Ham protest most recently were against golden Sullivan. Uh, there, it was, I mean, I know you were joking. It, it was a, a genuine pitch invasion. I would say there was, a, there was a fair amount of fans and then obviously sort of like the pressure on the, on the director's box. I don't think you can compare the two. Look, I I love West Ham. I hate West Ham fans. I, I don't think West Ham fans are a, a, very, a good set of fans at all. Um, as a body, super backwards, super racist. Um, just not a good look all around. So I'm very reluctant to <laughs> to praise West Ham fans um, much. I don't like Golden Sullivan at all. I wish they didn't run our club. Um, but West Ham fans were basically reacting to... Not having transfers, and this is, um, and, and obviously, I'm sort of like boiling that down to a, a sweeping generalization, but you know, it, it, the stuff that West Ham fans were reacting to were, in the grand scheme of things, much more trivial than what Man U fans were reacting to and protesting against. Um, so I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't compare the two. Um, maybe I'm a little bit biased. I, I, I'm routinely ashamed of West Ham fans. Um, so, and I, look, I think the reaction to that was sort of like, uh, "All right, I mean, it's nuisance." And and um, and I think I remember some people saying, "I feel kind of sorry for West Ham fans." Some people saying, well, "Do they have to do that?" Some people are obviously just outright condemning it. But the, you, you're going to get that. I think that I don't know. West Ham fans don't have a good track record. We're we're not a we're not a very <laughs> we're very. I don't know how to describe it. It's just a very emotional, it's not even like Newcastle fans who actually organize and actually, you know, have like genuine economic reasons for hating their owners and that kind of stuff. And West Ham fans sort of have those economic reasons too. But but in this instance, it was very much like, we just hate Gordon Sullivan because C- Gordon Sullivan are rubbish. I hate them too. But it's just not very organized. It's, it's not very classy. I, I would agree. It's classless the way that West Ham fans do things most of the time. And so I wouldn't cut them any slack. If, they, if, 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 if our community embraced modernity and, and progressivism a bit more, then, then I would be more inclined to, to not critique them so harshly. But right now, they don't really deserve any, any praise, in my opinion. I, I just don't think we're a very good fan base. Maybe that's blasphemous, but I, I don't really care. That's how I, how I feel.
0: Yeah. Um I brought it up because, you know, Newcastle fans protest every year. Um and we yeah. always get this, you know, Newcastle fans are hysterical. They want the world. They want the Champions League, yeah, yeah. like which yeah. like none of it's true. Um it's just sky peddling the same old shit. Sure. So Yeah, um, I think all I remember- for
1: Newcastle. less baggage for West Ham, right? Cuz we don't have the history of being a, a this trophy winning club like Newcastle does.
0: Um, all I remember about the West Ham protest is Mark Noble picking up and throwing some dude who was
1: on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, um, hilarious. No, Martin Noble was pissed about it. Um, I remember very annoyed. But and then that 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 just shows you everything, right? If Mark Noble, who is West Ham through and through, uh, yeah, I know he's employed by the club, and so he can hardly do tons. But he's like the most sensible man in football, and it's like you know, it's just very West Ham fans just are. <laughs> It's just classless. It's just having a lark. They're not doing it properly. So, yeah.
0: Fair enough. Um, hmm. Let's yeah, quickly talk about a little more football. Um, Tottenham dispatched to Sheffield United. Um, Sheffield United were just barely even showed up. Um, yeah. Gareth Bale Gareth got a hat trick.
1: So great, though. Um,
0: and yeah, Youngman's son. Uh, Had a nice curler for the fourth. Um, Pretty standard, you know. Yeah. Top five team versus bottom of the table. Yeah.
1: Look, Sheffield United are. We have to, like, recognize that Sheffield United are really dreadful and that they're not playing for anything. So it's very easy for.
0: All I'll say, uh, I don't know how John Fleck got away with stomping on this
1: also. He's been sent off for that. That was bad.
0: Yeah. I saw um Sheffield United and Tottenham supporters uh together yeah. talking about that how Fleck should be uh retroactively suspended.
1: Um, yeah. That was not on not on at all. That was he yeah, so he he stamps on the Chelsea's face um basically and uh with yeah, deliberation. Cuts. Yeah, it was deliberate um terrible. Terrible from John Fleck. Um but look, I want to it's easy for, for Spurs and, okay, fine, easy for Bale, but I just want to praise the... I mean, just the, the way he strikes a ball um, is just one wonderful to watch. Not many players in the world will um, hit a ball so hard for basically no reason. Um, he just spanks it into the net, um, and he scored some great goals, Bale, and so that was fun. And I was I yeah. technically sort of saying, like, for him on a personal level, this has worked out super well. Uh, because despite the fact that Mourinho did sort of played him not that much, toward the end there, Mourinho was playing him a lot more, and just look at the numbers, basically. Um, he can still do it if he wants to, and he said, I think, after the game, if I'm playing, I'm happy. And, um, yeah, I, 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 once again, I don't know what the future holds for him. I think that if he goes back to Madrid, he won't play, so then he, I guess he won't be happy, but I guess, yeah, it was fun to see um, Gareth Bale yep. sort of looking good.
0: We will... Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about Gareth Bale and his future in our off-season series, um, where we and then, talk about yeah. futures and-, and everything. So
1: let's roll through. West Brom Wolves was awful. boring, um, just awful, terrible. Awful, I have awful, nothing awful, to say. Awful. Terrible Fabio Silva deflected chip before half time. uh, Diagne Diagne. uh yeah, Terrible nothing. weather. Uh, no, Wolves else. are terrible. I'm done. Okay, Burnley, yes, West Ham. That was today. This is our final one that we are talking about. Um, West Ham giving a boost with a good win. Um, an Antonio double. He always scores against Burnley. He loves scoring against Burnley. Um, we played with a plethora of natural tens. Uh, Saeed Benrama, Lingard, Lanzini, Fornauz were all on the pitch at the same time um Lanzini was particularly excellent in a deep role he played just in front of the back four made lots of things happen uh might be a replacement I have in my notes here for for Noble in that position I think maybe um which was really good to see I enjoyed that uh Burnley went ahead with a penalty after really clumsy defending um Tom Socek was playing center back for a good four 50 minutes um before he switched with Aaron Cresswell and he can't play centre back. Uh, we learnt. Um, he clattered into Chris Wood, who then, calm, well, calmly he just smashed in the penalty as Chris Wood does. He also also always scores against us. Um, Antonio equalised three minutes after with an easy header from a uh, so foul cross, and then he put us ahead with a great Saeed Benrama whipped ball in the twenty ninth. West Ham were much the better side. Um, we could have let the lead slip on a few occasions. Um, Burnley were. We went very attacking, and Burnley were exploiting that with a, sort of some. Uh, nice, you know, lofted balls over the top that Issa Diop in particular was struggling with. Um, right at the end, Fabianski denied Jay Rodriguez and there was a bit of a gold mouse scramble. Um, I wanted to say Socek didn't play very well at center back, but he won 17 aerial duels by himself. Um, to compare that towards sort of like show how crazy that is, Aston Villa as an entire team won 16 this match day. Um, so I don't know if that's might be some sort of record that's ridiculous to me um and i will cut this off by saying top four is still within reach leicester and chelsea have a dreadful run in they play like city and each other or no not each other but like they play hard teams and we don't everton on paper is our hardest team um from now until the end of the season so yeah uh, still within reach i think we'd have to win all four remaining fixtures but um champions league dream is still alive
0: um, I don't have a ton to say. I watched this match. Uh, hmm. I will expose Oscar for uh, when they went one nil down. He texted me something along the lines of the wheels oh, yeah. are coming off. It uh, did seem it only like yeah within ten minutes of them to reclaim the lead. Um, yeah, and yeah. from what I watched, I didn't watch the full match. I stopped at halftime. Uh, but you know, from the fifteenth minute. To the 45th minute. Uh, yeah. I thought Oscar was being his usual uh, melodramatic, a... yeah, yeah, pessimistic West Ham.
1: That's uh, part of being a West Ham fan. I think, yeah, look, I mean, we're, we're much better than Barney. We're a very good side this season, and I will stay pessimistic to the death. Um, and that's how I roll.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, um, talking about pessimistic, let's uh, do some predictions. Yeah. Uh, for whom this will be pessimistic will be found out next week on the pod. Um, Oscar Saywell. Oh, wait, this flows even well with, uh, or even better with the pessimistic comments. Uh, yeah. Leicester City, Newcastle.
1: Unfortunately for you and for me, I think Leicester will probably win this one. Um, I hope that you take points off them because that'll be good for West Ham, but I'll go for another 2-0 loss for Newcastle.
0: Um, I'll go a four-one loss. Uh, for Newcastle, uh, it's Leicester tend to absolutely destroy us. Um, yeah, some of the worst matches I've watched in my life. Uh, mm. the like the five-nil. Oof. Um, just it, there's so many like that. Um, so I'll go four-one. Um, Leeds Spurs.
1: I hope this will be a fun match. I'll go bonkers 2 3, it's 3 2 to Spurs. Um, why not?
0: Yeah, I'll go 2 2, a draw. Um, but yeah. very entertaining match, even though I don't think Leeds are all there. Actually, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking it back. I've been on Ooh. the anti Leeds train recently. 2 1 Spurs. Um, Leeds have not been good.
1: No, they, uh, they're, they're just, just sort of running out of steam. I think they're safe. So. Yeah. Sheffield United, Palace. Palace. Yes, I think this will be one-one. I don't think either of these teams are very good, and Palace have nothing to play for.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, my friend, he is predicting a Sheffield United win. Ooh, but I, uh, I think I'll take the, you know, I'll take one-nil Palace. Um, even though they're not good, I, I still have to pick Palace every single time. I don't know what it is about them. It's a team full of Mavericks, and I mm. respect that. Uh, Man City, Chelsea. I,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 0-0. Um, oh, oh, we can't
0: predict the not. same thing. No, it's fine. I'll go 1-0 um, Man okay. City, uh, yeah. and I'm I think sure it will be awful. Yeah,
1: we'll probably score, but I reckon, I reckon uh, it will be pretty bad. Yeah. Okay, Liverpool, Southampton up next. Ralph beat Jürgen last time out. I do think that Liverpool will win this one, however. I'll go 3-1, maybe a bit of a bounce back from Liverpool. Both teams are playing very poorly, however.
0: Yeah, uh, similar vein, I'll get 3-2 Liverpool. Mm.
1: Um, Wolves, Wolves Bright- Brighton. Wolves has another 0-0 written all over it, doesn't it? Um, uh, shall I? Oh, I don't know what to do. Um, I'll go first, then. Uh,
0: I'll go for a 1-0 win for Brighton.
1: 1-0 win for Brighton. Um, I'll go 0-0. I'll go
0: 0-0. Fair enough. Uh, Manchester United, Aston Villa.
1: Villa are poor. United, as always, are tired. But I reckon United will win this one. I'll go... Oh, they play... They don't know. Hang on. They do play, though, on Thursday, don't they? And they always yeah, play. but they're going to rotate. He's going to rotate. I yeah. I wouldn't surprise me if bloody Bruno Fernandez and Rashford play though. Um, but I, you know what? I'll go. I'll go like three one victory to United.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll go two one. Um, I just don't think. I don't think Villa's got much left in them. No. Um, West Ham Everton.
1: As always, I'll go for a draw. Doesn't really matter which. I'll go a one or draw.
0: This is like the Everton Cup, Derby, um, because, you know, <laughs> like when I
1: behind in this the season, huh?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just, you know, when I was growing up, um, it's like the club, the the two two of the clubs that were always fighting for eighth place yeah, uh, you know, except for the 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 horrible West Ham years,
1: yeah, which is most of them. but there we go. <laughs>
0: Um, I will go 2 0 West Ham.
1: Nice. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Nice uh, to be back. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal, West Brom.
1: I'll go um, 2 1 Arsenal. I don't know. I think West Brom are running out of steam now. They're basically down, or they are. I like down. that
0: scoreline. Um, I'll go 1 0 Arsenal. Um, nice. You know, they're two clubs that are kind of on the same level. So yeah. it'll be close. <laughs> uh, Fulham, Burnley.
1: I think Burnley will win this one. Um, I'll go two nil Burnley, bold maybe, but
0: there we go. Yeah, sure. I'll flip it the other way. I'll go one nil Fulham. Fulham Burnley, to make things interesting.
1: Fulham, are, yeah, Fulham are sort of they'll be sad. That's my line of thinking. Cool, good predictions. Uh, I hope I can. I'm read sure
0: they're round. Yeah, I'm sure they're already sad. Okay. Yes. Have I got some questions for you? I'm
1: excited. I am excited.
0: I think this is one of my best ones yet.
1: Wow. I found a, a player awesome.
0: who I would be amazed. Like, I know you're not going to get this one. Um, you'll know who he is probably very quickly. Uh, he is a German uh, player. He uh, is not born in Germany. He immigrated to Germany. Played for their U16s, U19s, U20s. Um, He made his name at Brescia in Italy
1: uh, before
0: making a 9.5 million pound move to West Ham United in 2009. Big money. Uh, He only made 10 appearances and only played in the calendar year of 2009 before he was sold to Fiorentina he Hmm. played all over the place Uh, left Fiorentina in 2013 played for Victoria Kung Hmm. for Atrao Berraway Lietva Yanova Pippensreide Varea, Armin München and he's now at this club can you tell me where one Savio Insureco is
1: Savio Insureco oh my god Absolutely, I cannot. Um, Savio and Soreco. No, I can't tell you where he is. That is beyond me.
0: Um, he is at BSC Sendling. I have uh, in Germany. Ever. They wow. are in. What even division are they in? Uh the Kreisklasse München Uh which so they're not even, so below the third tier in Germany. You then break up into regional leagues, um, oh. yeah. And yeah. so he's playing in the Munich fourth division.
1: Got to say that's uh, pretty. Sad. He's, he's, he's yeah.
0: Wild. He is also the yeah. manager of their youth oh, yeah. side.
1: Oh. All right, that's pretty
0: cool. Uh, so he plays for the senior team and manages the the youth team. Um, he is, uh, you know, famous for, uh, other than being a, a flop um, mm. at West Ham, he is famous for being arrested in Thailand. Yes. Uh, you know, for his, uh, he faked a kidnapping and tried to yeah. extort yeah. somebody, I don't know who. What, what do you remember about Insureko? What do you think yeah. of his career?
1: I, I remember nothing about Insureko. Absolutely, nothing. yeah. I,
0: would, I don't even know some of these clubs. So Rao is a Kazakh Premier wow. League side. Baroe is a Bulgarian. Mm-hmm. Um, who, they play in the top division in Bulgaria. Liet Lietava Yanova is a Lithuanian second division team. Pippins Ride is a German team playing in the fourth tier of Germany. Wow.
1: Um, there you go.
0: So the, the first regional league. Varaya is in the third tier of Bulgarian football. Armin München is...
1: A football team.
0: Oh, wow. Hmm. Wow. And then uh, Sendling is where he currently is. Yeah.
1: He essentially didn't have a career as a footballer, essentially. And not to be harsh, but he basically did not.
0: Uh, did you know? Do you know what number he wore for West Ham?
1: Uh, I have no idea.
0: The number 10. He took it off Craig uh, Bellamy.
1: No way. That's crazy.
0: Uh, he made his debut against Hull City. Um, and he was his. He had one assist for Jack Collison's seventy-first minute goal against Manchester City in their one-nil win.
1: Quite something.
0: Yeah, I, I'm amazed. He's like the um, he's like twenty-fourth on West Ham's highest ever transfers. That is um,
1: ridiculous. Goes to show that we spend zero money.
0: Okay, I got some questions for you now. Cool. Uh, there's a theme, um, as there tends to be. Nice. Uh, in the last 10 matchups, how many times has West Ham beaten Burnley?
1: How many times has West Ham... In, sorry, say, say that again.
0: In the last 10 matchups, how many no. times has West Ham beaten Burnley? Twice. In the last eight, or the last seven, it's uh. Wait, sorry, what did you say?
1: I said twice. I have no idea.
0: Twice. In the last seven, it's twice. Um, oh, okay. In the last ten, it's five. Oh, all right. Um, so five wins, four losses, and a draw. But in the last seven, it's one win, one draw. Right. One two. Sorry, two wins, one draw, four losses. Um. Okay, so that's bogey side number one. Uh, In the last 10 matchups, how many times has West Ham beaten Newcastle United?
1: How many times has West Ham beaten in the last 10 matchups? I'll go another... uh, Four. Two wins,
0: one draw, seven losses. That's
1: dreadful.
0: Uh, And, you know, now... So I did... West Ham's bogey team, West Ham and Newcastle, and now I'll do Newcastle's bogey team. Uh, in the last 10 matchups, how many times has Newcastle United beaten Brighton? Uh, three. Two wins, four oh. draws, four losses. Right, these are bogey. Never, Never beaten Brighton in the Premier League. Both wins are in cups.
1: No way, really?
0: Yep, it's awful.
1: That is dreadful that is dreadful that's astonishing it's a
0: proper bogey team um wow okay and then to end our podcast um uh you know relegation picture is a little more clear Mm -hmm. um who is most which club currently in the premier league is most likely to pull a sheffield united i.e mid-table this year quickly relegated next year
1: well that's a good question um quickly relegated next year i don't i doubt possibly Leeds. i doubt it though i think i think they they have too much money and they'll make they'll make more signings this season um let me see uh oh pa- I, i'll go palace i'll go palace
0: yeah uh debatable if they're mid-table uh, this year Come
1: on 13th Uh-oh. 38 points yeah I yeah i suppose
0: Uh, No, no. Yeah, I guess it's It's, it's
1: hard because Sheffield United are such an anomaly. So I think I think Pattis is probably right, like sort of a similar like standard to Sheffield United. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like people wouldn't necessarily have them to go go down immediately or sort of like tank hard. But I think out of those teams, they're the most likely. Um, Yeah,
0: the a team that's got players like Scott Dan and.
1: I mean, West Ham. I I have to say, West Ham would get into the Europa League or the Champions League and then get relegated. Like, not even, not even joking. So the
0: ideal situation, though, is if you are to go down next season, Newcastle also go down because then we can just continue this podcast as a Championship podcast.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Which you know, there's like a billion Premier League podcasts, but there's like six Championship podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll we'll corner the market and
1: stuff. Yeah, guess so.
0: Okay, that is all I have. Do you have anything else to add?
1: I do not apart from well, thank you. And thanks for listening, everyone. And follow us on all the usual, email us, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And we will see you again soon. Yes. Yes. Take care, everybody. Take care. All right. Bye bye. I'm standing...